Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, February 1st, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 374. I'm your host, Austin Walker, and today I am joined by, by parts of the usual crew, Rob Zachney. How's it going? Patrick Klepek. So when the tall lady from Resident Evil steps on you, is that what the kids are calling a gamma squeeze? Is that... God. That's a gamma squeeze. Yeah, that's correct. Ricardo Contreras also here. Uh, nice <laughs> weather we're having in New York. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. I can't. I can't see. I cannot. I can't hey, see past it, this I'll block. tell you what. It's it doesn't wild. get any better when you're out there. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. I needed some batteries. What you, I needed some batteries. What are, you, what, what are you guys up to? We we had a we had a giant uh, we had a giant snowstorm last week, and then we had a, a, the sequel. Uh, this this weekend. What do you? What do you? What's your inch? Count oh, this at? is your second one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the voice of Edward uh, Alesso Jr. joining us, also from Motherboard, <laughs> to count snowfall. I don't know where we're at yet. Um, I think we're supposed to get like a foot, right? Maybe a little uh, bit more. A- than that? Eighteen to twenty-four is what. Oh, I eighteen heard. to twenty-four. That's great. So you guys just so so we we had like two foot snowstorms. You guys decided, hey man, just just bundle that shit together. You know, right. it's cheaper when you buy yeah. like GameStop. You know, trying to force you into a bundle, um, <laughs> claiming it's some savings. I was just thinking about the, going to GameStop. What if I just went to GameStop today? I've, there's one like, <laughs> like you know, a half mile away. I could probably get there and back. That that'd be an uh, an excursion into the into It'd the white. It'd be a fucking quest. It would be. It's too. It's it's also going vertical here. At least I, I'm some of these streets I'm on are kind of wind tunnel though. So like no matter right. what I did, what what direction my hood was pointed at, oh, yeah, I was getting snow in my face. It's a where'd bad you go? Scene. Why did you go out? I went to the bodega, which is not even that fucking far. It's a block. You're supposed to go to the bodega last down. night. <laughs> I go to the bodega. I last literally night. <laughs> look. My wife forbade me to go because we were late for our D and D session, and I was like, okay. I need these batteries for tomorrow go morning. After, oh, go boy. after the D and D session is open. It's the bodega. The D&D session went long and they closed. Ah, uh, because the snow. Because <laughs> yeah. the snow, presumably. The snow. Damn, they opened today though. Good for them. Shout outs. Shout outs. Yeah, to they're up. They're the in there. Um, <laughs> hey, we should. As Patrick has gestured towards, <laughs> I'd say this time last week we had a conversation about GameStop stock, about what was happening on platforms like Robinhood, uh, what was happening <laughs> thanks to uh, the machinations of the folks on Wall Street bets. That story developed, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, since then, I put hundreds of dollars into Dogecoin. I was up Jesus like 250 Christ. My dad and did then, too. I think he made money And then it crashed. It. My God, um, I gotta, sorry for putting you on blast, Dad. I love you, Dad. My dad texted me the other day. And, and, you know, I'm not, he was like, 
The markets are going crazy, son. I bought a bunch of shares of that stupid Dogecoin a few weeks ago. It was a, it, it was so it it was legitimately a good investment. No, totally. Dogecoin, he made money a, on a, it. It was a uh, it's a meme currency that like has basically if you if you look at it, the history of of Dogecoin's like ups and downs, it is specifically tied to like is it a currently like an, a meme that is being memed out and like. There was a lot of that happening. There was a specific meme that uh, there's like the, the Elon Musk effect. Like if he gestures at something, it, it sends a lot of these these uh, stocks Bro, going in I a weird hate direction. This. Yeah, uh-huh. and there was a jo- there was a joke of like send Dogecoin to a dollar, and you have to that doesn't seem like a lot. But no. You have to remember that around at the time that like Doge became like uh, like a, a tertiary meme as people were getting locked out of like like the main memes like GameStop was that it was like trading at like like a cent or like uh, like roughly around there. And so you take $1,000 into Dogecoin and then it goes to just two cents, three cents, four cents. It went up to eight cents. Um, you could make, I had friends that made like several thousand dollars on just Jesus. riding that wave. I put in a, a, a couple of hundred and it, you know, it like doubled or, you know, like two and a half X. And I went to bed thinking like, well, one of two things are going to happen when I sleep. It'll continue to go up because crypto can trade when the, the, the market's, right closed and so that's why it tends to go up during the market close because people get fucking bored and they want to do something <laughs> with their dollars and i was like or i'll wake up and it'll have crashed and i woke up and it had crashed and i like gave it another couple hours and was like i'm, I'm gonna get out of here with a dollar loss and right. move on but um well in, yeah a in, lot a lot has a happened, lot has happened. That, in, uh, in, in that, <laughs> and a lot has happened discursively is what i would say in which i think we've seen the the rise of what I would what I would call fairly naive positions about who the actors are here, uh, what the interactions are, are uh, that are happening are, who's winning and who's losing. Um, though though I I I I think I sympathize with the people who are making those fairly naive readings uh, in, in wanting to see big hedge funds, you know, get get taken for all they're worth. I think that there's probably a more complex story. And Edward, one of the reasons we brought you on was because you've done some incredible reporting over on Motherboard uh, over the last, you know, over a week now, I guess, uh, on this stuff. And so let me throw it to you and just say, like, okay, what what happened? If if our listeners last week, the thing that we said was, hey, these people on Wall Street bets are uh, are are meme are memeing uh, GameStop higher and higher. They're refusing to sell. They're undercutting these shorts that that uh, some particular uh, hedge funds ha- had put in place. How has that story developed over the last week? And that's a big ask, I know, but but you know you've been following it. I think over the last week, you know, the the major changes have been. You know, there have been attempts, of course, to, uh, on the subreddit, get people to continue holding under the idea that there will be this gamma squeeze or a moment at which after the initial options, uh, this basically this sort of trade where you can, antici- if you anticipate a price decrease, you can say that I'm going to buy the shares at a lower than um, projected price so that I can get them cheaper and then sell them you know, at a higher price, or I can borrow shares, um, sell them, buy them back at a lower price and pocket a difference. All of that was supposed to come to a halt on Friday. And um, the next few days were supposed to have been spent buying back the shares and resulting in a squeeze where the price goes up because there aren't enough shares. But we haven't seen that. In fact, we're seeing a consistent 
price decrease and attempts on the subreddit the Marshall people under the belief that this is you know the hedge funds doing this is a speculative attack by them to try to keep the price yeah. down um there's also i think in the larger scale of things like a comp- com- competing narratives about what sparked all of this in the first place was it a bunch of redditors trying to you know have fun and skyrocketed stock was it uh, hedge funds shorting the uh, company in the first place and that invoking their ire the redditors ire i think it's you know a mix of these things right you know where you know what we see over the past week is a result of you know to begin with this company you know gamestop was undervalued because of the shorts um and that was discovered by some people you know who then tried to convince others that there was value here that combined with some changes that happened at the company and their board resulted in more interest resulted in the community getting behind it resulted in that you know massive uh rise over time and now that the hedge funds have gotten out of their positions it feels very much like there are some people who are trying to hold the line so that their position can be salvaged and they can exit um, there are other people who are just in it because they want to cause more pain for other hedge funds. There's some people who are in it because they got in way too late and they were hoping to make money. <laughs> and they're stuck now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of competing interests here, I think. Um, so you think it's not and, as simple as this no. <laughs> is uh, the greatest praxis we've ever seen in our lifetimes? A take I saw going around <laughs> last week from a yeah. left, leftist? There were a lot of leftists, yeah, and which was interesting because Investing it also in buys stock into is praxis, right? Right, <laughs> that whole thing, you know, that is like that's nothing could make Robin Hood, you know, feel better than to hear leftists even saying that <laughs> everyone should have stocks, right? Uh, well, I think I, for, in fact, most people look, should not have stocks. Wait, wait, don't look at our page on socialism, though. <laughs> yeah, please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our page literally. Yeah. Uh, 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 Saying the Nazis are socialists. Fuck off. Um, yeah, well, so I think I think part of the thing, I definitely had a moment. I mean, you heard the moment for people who are listening to the podcast last week where I was like, should I get into one of these things? Should I get into AMC? AMC is like four bucks right now. I bet it goes up. I'm in, a, I'm in AMC. See? And I thought uh, about it really <laughs> hard, Patrick. And I thought. Not much. I'm like, I, I, I'm $50 in AMC. Okay, right. When, and it was down most of last week. Now I think I'm like slightly up. Like, it'll only work out if it squeezes like GameStop. Right. It did, and I, and I wouldn't be transformative money. I could just turn like 50 bucks into a couple hundred and get me towards that 4K projector before <laughs> King Kong vs. Godzilla comes out, which is my entire oh, desire to do any of this. <laughs> totally. I told my wife, she was like, I was like, I'm getting into this. She's like, what? And I'm like trying to explain it. She's looking at me and she's like, okay, okay. It's the money. It's the same amount of money is, you would bet on football in a given weekend, right? Yeah. Also, also, it's uh, like the money I'm taking is like my personal slush fund, which is just right. like the streaming money that like the oh, PayPal account. I oh wait, up. you mean your child's college fund? Yeah. Well, all of that went there, <laughs> and then I have like a couple, like a bit left, based on like the cap we had set for I it. See. And I'm like, all right, well, what does this thousand dollars do? And I was like, and oh, the answer was baby. Dogecoin and AMC, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Well, so so that's the thing for me is like I don't have a particular goal like that. And so I knew in my heart of hearts one of two things would happen. Either I would go – I would be compelled to go in big and be like, well, I just want to make – I want to make a home run swing. I'm going to take all the money I have, which I shouldn't do because I need that money for rent <laughs> uh, and put it into AMC and just try to like make buck and then get out really quick. Or I would play with smaller sums of money and live there. 
because I, it would become like subterfuge for me. The the <laughs> game that Rob and I played briefly, uh, I've played a number of times. But but that sort of thing of like, I'm just gonna, this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna let this consume me because as a freelancer and a contractor, my schedule will allow that to happen. I will just sideline other projects and live in the market. And um, I can just watch these numbers go up and down totally. constantly. <laughs> so I. I was toying around the idea uh, like middle of last week where I was like, this seems like it could be fun. But it did occur to me that like the subterfuge comparison didn't occur to me, Austin. Mm -hmm. But I was sitting there with MK (laughs) and I was like, if I put any amount of money in this, even stuff that's like I could easily let go of but would still be just meaningful enough for me to care, I would – ruin my life following the fluctuations of the stock price. And the other thing is that I think, so I've been kind of skeptical of the ability of a retail investor like uh, any of us would be to actually get a good deal out of this thing. And this has been one of the things that's really made me nervous. And I think it accounts for uh, the near riot that happened on social media when Robin hood and a bunch, bunch of the other retail trading portals suspended trading in a lot of these suddenly volatile, uh, equities that wall street bets was, was, uh, highlighting. And one of, one of the major things that occurs occurred to me is like all these stocks, like they're probably natural market price when all of a sudden done is going to be something like the low price they started all this at. Right. And so it, it kind of seems like um, someone who gets into this late, like at the end of, at the end of all this, someone's going to be left holding a bag of shit. Um, and my fear was always that like people who were catching what they thought was the wave, but like it's already been in the air for like more than a week. Um, you're already buying in at a higher price than like when these shares were depressed two weeks ago. Um, And in the end, they have the possibility to sink back to those, those rates. And so I had real, like the, the thing that's always made me really nervous is uh, there's two things. One is that a lot of people, there's a collective action problem, um, which is that a lot of people saying things like hold the line, like don't sell that stock if everyone sells their stock, the play falls apart. But there's a lot of incentive for me to convince you to hold on to your stock while I sell mine, right? Like you, like your shares don't hit the market, and so the price stays high, and I sell mine at a high rate, um, and then I'm out. And the other thing is that large, like large traders, people lots of shares often have the capacity to execute these trades faster than anyone using a retail portal. Um, and so that's the, you know, they're, they're playing with a much lower ping and these prices are so volatile that I just, I had like, to me, it just felt like one, I would obsess with it. And two, I felt like it was almost too late, like mm-hmm. to actually get part of this action. Um, it would be like raising the odds ago. that I'm one of the suckers at the end. Yeah. It was like two Fridays ago and it was like at $50 a share was like kind of when you, even a Monday, it like went up to like hundred briefly, you could have gotten in. And at that point, like when you're buying like. 220 a share and just hoping it'll spike to 400 because i mean it's like just you know i've interviewed a number of people who have made money like small pockets of like 150 and i'm gonna buy a nice bottle of scotch to uh someone that you know put like uh, seven thousand dollars in and they've now made enough to pay for their college and put a down payment on their 
parent's house who's like hasn't really had like a great place to live. And like those are like good feel good. But like these are people who they went in with no basically no institutional knowledge, but also seemed like eyes wide open of like where to start drawing lines for themselves and like what was reasonable to expect uh, uh, when to get out. And I don't you know, I think, Rob, like it's it's like if you don't think you can go in with that where like you can set rules for yourself, be like, hey, if I make three hundred dollars. Well, may I can buy an Xbox. Like that's good enough for me. Like I don't need to win. I don't need to make twenty thousand dollars. But when you got a bunch of when you start seeing the people around you that are making that kind of money, it's going to be tempting to like try and stay for the squeeze and trying to get that big payday. When like there's a reason this doesn't happen because this doesn't happen. And so if you can make your three hundred dollars or three thousand dollars, like walk away and like pay you know Uncle Sam your twenty five percent and be happy with what you got. But like the the theming around this, like the way people have talked about it and the way it has turned into like this pseudo like populist movement and like trying to, you know, strike against uh, the capitalists, I think is like put people in like a strange mind space where I do worry for like those folks who it has become like an ideological structure for them. You're going to hold like, the line nah, to No, it's loss? like, look, like yeah. it's good. To, yeah, like it's good. Just take like take your money and like throw up your middle finger and like learn to fight another day. Like there is like sticking around for this for another week so that the folks with like hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions invested in this can make more money. Like they're just laughing at you. Like this isn't like, I don't, I don't think this is necessarily something where they're on the same page with you. They're just benefiting from at some point it's a grift right. for a number of people who are, are pitching it as a populist uprising when really it's just like a one in a million, a one in a billion, like, uh, you know, sort of like seismic event. Well, and, and I, Edward, you, you've written about this from another angle, which is, that a lot of these kind of retail investment platforms like Robinhood are not focused on the retail investor or or to the degree that they may serve the retail investor. They're also serving a larger customer, which are these big hedge funds like like Citadel, right? Um, and I think that that might be hard to wrap someone's – for some folks to wrap their head around. But it's an important component of this story because otherwise you build these these very basic, simple kind of us versus them stories. So can you talk a little bit about that? I think this came up after Robin Hood suspended trading of GME AMC. What was the other? What was the BlackBerry? Was that the other one? BlackBerry yeah, was I think one. it's BlackBerry. No, Clea was another right. one. Cost yes, was yes, another yes. one. Yes. So they, they suspended these the trading or they suspended opening new uh, uh, or buying basically uh, into this or, or putting you know new orders in. Um, but not selling. Uh, and in fact, there was some reporting of them kind of selling on behalf of users, though I don't know if that was ever reported out in a way that makes me particularly confident on saying that in such a blanket way. Um, but given all of that, you kind of wrote this piece, Robinhood's customers are hedge funds, funds just like Citadel, its users are the product. I'm curious if you can walk us through a little bit of like how that how that process works, why that's the case. Yeah, so, um, you know, Robinhood is a company that offers zero commission trades. And the reason why it's able to offer zero commission trades are because, um, you know, you are the product, or more specifically, your orders are. You know, they have to be executed, and so they hand them over to market makers, like Citadel Securities. I mean, uh, Citadel Securities is their one of their largest, probably the largest uh, individual customer they have. So they, you know, offer it up to them, Citadel Securities then will automatically execute the trade, sometimes at an inferior price, um, and they will front run, you know, the order. And because they're in a position to, they can 
you know, if they decide to take advantage of the information they glean from those trades. Mm-hmm. Citadel Securities also already manages a, a significant part of all trades in the United States, right? Um, so this is a company that is, you know, at the very core heart, you know, beating heart of the financial system that Robinhood offers the little guy like a, a free trades because it makes a deal with him, right? Um, this is like the heart of their business model. Um, I think also is interesting that, you know, this company named Robinhood is just like so beholden, right? Yeah. to billionaires and financial interest and in the sense that like, you know, when a Thursday came around and they started halting trading, right? This relationship made people think, okay, well, they're halting because of these uh, these companies are pushing on them because Citadel Securities also has a hedge fund mm-hmm. uh, or is owned by a man who created a hedge fund called Citadel, which bailed out um, or tried to bail out Melvin Capital, one of the big GameStop shorters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what it turned out to be was that because of the volatility of the stocks, clearinghouses, stock clearinghouse companies that basically just, you know, make sure the order goes through, um, were calling on brokerages and, and trading platforms to have more capital or more collateral to offer up to ensure that they could do the trades and they wouldn't be insolvent. So Robinhood was like, oh, well, uh, fuck, we don't have the money for this. <laughs> and we're not going to tell anybody about it because we're not going to. But we are. What we are going to do is we'll tap our billionaire investors to give us the money so that we can continue to be doing business as usual. Um, and, you know, this is, I think, at the end, like, this is also just one piece of the whole entire thing where it's like the. There was not really a populist revolt or uprising. There may have been segments of the people in this crowd who were motivated by such things. And, you know, as you were talking about, Patrick, there are people who definitely came into this like, I'm going to help out my family. I'm going to help out myself and I'm going to get out, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to come in and do that and also celebrate the pain that we're causing this company, right? But by and large, uh, the, the biggest beneficiaries were... You know, the companies like Citadel Securities that were processing these orders, BlackRock, Vanguard, Fidelity Investments, who are making hundreds of billions of dollars, uh, millions, not billions, hundreds of millions of dollars lending GameStop stock Mm -hmm. to short sellers who needed it uh, to come up with the stock for the short contract. Um, And, you know, or who were sitting on positions that increased by 700, 1000% because of this entire thing and and might sell some of that position, right? Uh, those are the real winners, and that, and that gets lost, I think, a, a, a bit because of the outrage that happened when they halted trading. It felt very conspiratorial, you know. I thought that at first too, because it was just like um, sort of not unprecedented, but it was just like such a. It came at a moment where it was building, and it felt like we were going to see on Friday whether or not the squeeze was going to happen. Right. Well, and, it, and it, the it, day before, and, felt. and it did seem like that. You know, to, to contribute to the conspiracy theorying of it was that you know there are a lot of factors why GameStop's like stock is now kind of like drip, drip, dripping down. But no doubt, a contributing factor to that was like limiting people's ability to continue to pump like cheap yes. money. Or cheap-ish mm-hmm. money into it, right? Like the beginning of this, like decline from like a high of like four hundred, four twenty. You know, now I think it's yeah. I was looking at some like you know two twenty-ish. Was like it started when Robinhood had a like a, a financial like squeeze themselves, right. and then suddenly mm-hmm. uh, p- there wasn't an easy way to just download an app and put in you know two hundred dollars or gamble that your like upcoming you know theoretical stimulus check <laughs> like put that in and see if you can 
double that, which is like a common sentiment that I saw amongst folks was like, all right, I'll just assume I have some money coming and that's what I'm going to play with here. But like once you took that out and you had to like sign up for like actual fidelity where you have to like, you know, send in your drivers. Like like, there's like a delay involved. I don't think people, if you didn't sign up for Robinhood, and part of the reason I started like doing these small stakes uh, gambles was like, I want to one emotionally understand what some people are going through Two, I want to understand like what it's like to use this app and then like feel the restrictions as they come, come along. Um, so it can inform my, you know, just a better understanding of the, the sort of like the, the players involved. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those things where you, you uh, you know, when I like in Doge, when I was, it was like, Oh, I, you know, I connect my bank account and like, I, you know, transfer over, you know, $800 or whatever. And it's like, they kind of explain to you that like, oh, it's instant. It's like, you can spend this now, but like, you don't actually have $800 here. We've essentially exactly. loaned you 800 digital <laughs> digital dollars to, to like mm-hmm. invest and we'll do it on your behalf. But then if you sell that, like you need to wait like a week for that stuff to, to settle. Like you can't like make $10,000 in 24 hours and then just like dump that out uh, to, to your savings account. Like there are more sort of like uh, mechanisms involved, but none of that stuff was like, it's not made, it's like made quote unquote clear, but like it's clearly meant to be like slightly opaque to confuse. Because um, Robin had like themselves was uh, at the center of a bunch of controversy, I think last year when um, uh, a teen committed suicide mm-hmm. because they did some investing and the way it displayed their like losses, it, made it suggest that they had lost 70 they owed seventy two thousand like, dollars yeah. no it was more than that um, it was like yeah, it was, like, like seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars yeah and 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 uh it was like basically overwhelming yeah yeah and it, and it was a quirk like it was just a way that like it had had you know they waited you know yada 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 market details oh, if you waited exactly three and, days it would have come across that you had yeah that it, it would have looked it. how it right. but the, the interface itself was like you know essentially you know, it may be some form of truth, but for the average person, they're walking into this and they don't fully grasp what they're playing with. Right. And, you know, that, that, you know, there was that tragedy occurred. So I think, and there's like lower level versions of that, you know, occurring, you know, here, like where it's like, you know, if, when it's, uh, the stocks have, uh, closed for the day, you can feel like, you know, they, they, they're still moving up and down. The, those, those trades just haven't executed until mm-hmm. the market opens. You know, but maybe you feel like, oh, it's gone up. I can I can sell at this high point. It's like, well, no. It's like whenever your sale actually goes through the queue at like 9.30 Eastern time, like it may not be locked at like 4.20. Like you may get it at a dip of 2.80 because you're dealing with something that's like 10 minutes behind, you know, a Bloomberg yeah. terminal or, you know, an actual Fidelity broker that, you know, you have a personal. So it's just complicated. It's brought in a lot of people that I think like there's there's truth to like the – the power of the crowd. Like, I think this will have lasting consequences far beyond like the, la- the past couple of weeks, but you know, it also has a bunch of negative sort of connotations that I don't think people have fully grasped, even as they've participated in it. it. It reminds me a lot of some of the feelings I had when Kickstarter first blew up, which is there is a genuine and organic feeling among a lot of people that there is that there is something happening out there in the market that if only I could be part of, my life would be more filled, more complete. Uh, in the case of Kickstarter, it was that feeling of investment. Investment is beyond all of us. You know, you think about when Kickstarter blows up, it's it's a Silicon Valley is is kind of becoming, uh, you know, a, a catch-all for, for the future in American minds. It already has done that maybe over the last few decades, but especially in this kind of startup era in the early 2010s. And Kickstarter seemed to offer an outlet 
for investing in something you believe in the way a big, you know, uh, venture capitalist might. It, it can't exist without you. Exactly. Like, you play on you all of this that into rhetoric, the world. 100%. And, that can't, and I, I really believe that for a lot of people, that comes from being locked out of collective action, being able to actually work with each other. Uh, the, the internet provided a way to do that, opened a new possi- possibility space, but still fundamentally was not about uh, enabling or, or giving agency to individuals. It was about keeping them as consumers uh, and and telling them that they were philanthropists, telling them that they were investors, giving them that emotional shock. And I think a lot of the rhetoric around retail uh, investment platforms like Robinhood do the same thing and say, listen, you've been locked out of this world of, of retail investment. This is where this is the difference between money and wealth. It's being able to be on the market. And that's true. But what's not true <laughs> is that a platform like Robinhood actually democratizes that in any meaningful way because the 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 scale is so different and f- fundamentally there is still an, an an entry you know gap right you still do need a lot of money to play with to turn this into something you can do for your living $50 bets isn't going to get you anything this is what gets me in trouble with like sports betting is like i'm so conservative with my money that's like all right well, i want to bet $10 on like <laughs> on like this like you know uh, betting the line it's like great you won you now have $16, right? And right? Listen, so then man, it's like, it's like just not- Most people just, don't. We're, most people are a bad week, a bad- I'm one bad medical emergency away from being dirt broke on top of the right. debt I have. And I feel like I'm in a pretty comfortable place as an American, <laughs> right? Um, I, I know this is true for a lot of our listeners. The idea of having a few hundred bucks to throw into a pit and hope that it sprouts, you know, a money tree is just unthinkable. And, and so I think that on top of the fact that Robinhood is a platform and a lot of these retail platforms are just caught in a system in which the little retail investor will always be miles away from the, the kind of hedge fund level investor or even the even the, the, the kind of actual day trader who has a Bloomberg terminal and is and is really following this closely or has access to Bloomberg terminal. Um, I, there's also just this second layer thing of just like you still need the money to make the money, Rob. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say, I think – Related to that, Austin, is this like ambiguity about the degree to which anything that's happening in Wall Street bets can truly fairly be labeled like populism. Uh, Because I think one of the things this cuts across is there's a lot of people who are well-to-do who do not consider themselves rich or wealthy um, and are keenly aware of the differences between them and like the truly rich. And the weird thing is the closer you get to truly wealthy and rich people, the more keenly you feel that difference. Right. So like for me looking up at somebody managing a trading desk at a major financial institution and then like a member of the board of that (laughs) institution, I'm like, that's two rich guys. (laughs) <laughs> but the guy running the trading desk is like, no, like I make okay money, but that dude is rich. And I think one of the weird things, there's been there's been some ambiguity about like to what degree are some of these things, uh, these stories coming out of like Wall Street bets, almost just like agitprop that's coming out where it's like, you know – uh, brothers and sisters, let me testify to my success on Wall Street bets. I took my savings. I put five thousand dollars into GameStop, and hallelujah! I now I was able to pay my sister's medical bills, and I mm-hmm. bought my parents a house. You know, to what degree are those stories a plant, 
And to what degree are those stories like real? Because anyone can pretend to be anything. But I think the other question is, if you're able to make these big plays, these big bets, where you're just like, fuck it, I got a few thousand dollars. I got $10,000. I'm just going to plow into this. You're already in a class of people that have $10,000 of money that isn't spoken for, that you can be like, I can play with this. Yeah. And so there's a weird dynamic where I think a lot of folks who are part of this probably do feel like I'm the little guy. I'm sticking it to these big hedge fund bastards. And to but be they're fair, not to the be little fair, guy. Yeah. Those big hedge fund bastards are going on CNBC and being naked absolute ghouls. Yes. And it's like, uh, yeah. It is making them big and, mad. Yeah. Like, big yes. mad and, is occurring. Yes. Uh-huh. And that is, that is a, that is a. Man down. Pilot. Like, they are fucking. And there's, there's ahead, one of Edward. the billionaires behind this, Ken Griffith, is, mm-hmm. you know, a notorious piece of shit. A horrible person who <laughs> is, who, the, the guy in Billions, Bobby Axelrod, is modeled after mm. him. And this is a guy who, like, has AstroTurf to kill progressive taxes in <laughs> Illinois. You know, I think that there's, like, an understandable hatred of him, but also, like, an underestimation of, like, what... Like, yeah, there is there is likely going to be a short squeeze that happens, but that they will go to extreme lengths to ensure that doesn't right. happen and that it then it does not become like a populist thing. It's it, it more than you're fucking with their money and they are going to like, you know, get it back. I think what you see, for example, with the the stock right now, right, there are attempts to um, convince people to hold the line partly because they want to, you know, preserve their position, but also because there is like a recognition that there is like a, some uh, an attempt right to get people to push out of and sell stocks so they can buy them to cover the position with something that's called uh, an attack a short ladder attack where basically like if I'm a hedge fund and you're a hedge fund we just trade you know with each other constantly mm-hmm. and that can, is enough to push the price down we we trade with each other at lower and lower bids or ask but all of this distracts from the from the, the the larger point as y'all are hitting on that it's it's not it's it's less about like whether or not these people are in this populist struggle than like they are in a fight that is larger than them that they're getting brought along with precisely because they would be open to being along with it because they're in a system where um, speculators and financiers can get away with so much. And they are one week away from having nothing and they have not. And this is like in a stock market in a system that most people have no stake in except through their pensions or fund retirements. And even then, a lot of people don't really have any stake in them. Right. That's managed by your workplace. It's a small amount. It's distant from your daily life Um, to have an opening where you can come in and maybe draw some blood or maybe make some money back. Or maybe you're being told that you can come along and be part of something like these are. These are all different pieces of it that then have been over time mm-hmm. flattened into the story of this revolt, right? Totally. This is it's like the it's like the scene at the end of uh, Tim Burton's Batman, like the Joker scene. Like comes out, he's throwing money around. You grab the money, and then oh no, there's like poison clouds. <laughs> We've all passed out at the end. We all get jokerfied. Your, grab your cash and then get out of yeah. here before you get jokerfied. God, the uh, it's fucked up that rich people they can become villains on TV. All I can do is become the main character on Twitter for a day. It's it's, yeah. uh, it's even <laughs> even here they have me beat. 
Um, I do love anyway. watching them like cry about it though. It is a yeah, little, dude. It's, it's great. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's great. It's and like, delicious. I get how you get from there to feeling good about quote unquote diamond hands or what I having diamond hands, right? Like, I get it. But I, but I hope I, I and and. I'm I'm certain that we do have some listeners who have who have like jumped in on this and and I, I definitely get how you make that decision and again I think there are ways to do it that are beneficial but what I don't want is for our listeners to have been caught up in the sort of propaganda around it and been convinced that this is the the great moment of 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 praxis this is the great like uprising because this is not what helps people's lives like this is not going to overturn the capitalist system partly because. One of the things we say a lot is that it's fucking fake. That like, yes, those people are making a ton of money on it, but it does not reflect the economy in the way that people talk about the market reflecting the economy. And more importantly, you know, though the 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 market could fall apart tomorrow, that wouldn't be what puts homeless people into shelters. That wouldn't be what improves the I mean Maybe the, eventually the government would be like, oh, shit, we have to figure out something to do with vaccines. It doesn't have to do with big business, but it would not be tomorrow, right? Um, the, 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 the sort of uh, large-scale changes that need to happen on a society scale, the material changes that we need won't come from all of the people on Wall Street bets getting rich and, and a couple of big hedge funds going under. Um, that, that might be a point of, of pride for the people involved. Uh, I'm happy to see rich folks get kicked in the ass, but, but it is what it is and it, what it isn't, and it isn't what it isn't. And it is not a revolution, right? It's at least, it's it's honestly at best, uh, a good example of how fake it all is, right? Like it, it's hopefully, uh, making more people aware of how fake the entire thing is and how easily manipulatable it is and how it's probably a system that shouldn't exist you know <laughs> like right well like, do we think do we think there's a version of this that's like because we've seen someone like like elizabeth warren come out and say like, we got to stop the manipulation on both sides and <laughs> i'm i'm like is that is that even worth considering as a quote-unquote improvement is that a world in which we've said ah yes the world is better now because there's less stock manipulation in theory, I mean, to me, in theory, it feels like, I guess, in the immediate sense, sure. But I'm a person who thinks that stocks shouldn't fucking exist, right? Like, people get, like, the, the profits from stocks, the profits right. that companies make go into dividends for stocks. Those profits should not be going to those people. It should be going to the fucking workers. Like, that's my stance, uh-huh. right? So the uh-huh. Elizabeth Warren thing is, like, the smallest fucking step of, like, I guess, I guess, right? Uh, but, like... Ultimately, it's like I want to be able to use this as an example of like, look, like these numbers don't mean shit. And like we should try to make sure to divorce our thoughts of like how well the economy is doing from these numbers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. If you look at the stock market, right, it's over since 2000, about like what's almost 700, um, you know, almost 700 billion has been raised through IPOs. Uh, to bring new companies to the market and, uh, and uh, ostensibly like bring new productive, efficient competitors, whatever. Like about eight point five trillion dollars in that same time has been spent on stock buybacks. You know, the <laughs> right. stock markets, capital markets—they <laughs> are not—they are not these clearinghouses of efficiency. They're just places. They're just places for you to move money from one pocket to another. Yeah. Hopefully, yours, right? Uh huh. Yeah. 
Hopefully yours. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard for me to imagine. I'd love to, I would love, I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure I could do like three Google searches and read a, a take that like really clearly outlines what an equitable stock market looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, and, and maybe I should just do that reading. I'll just do that work. I'm sure it's out there. So if people who are listening have recommendations, hit me up on Twitter and, and let me know. Uh, it's just, it is hard for me to conceptualize one that doesn't eat itself in some way and eat other people along with it as is, as is the way. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we talk about um, video games, I believe, is what we'll talk about. BRB. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we are back. Who's playing stuff? What's going on? What's, let, me, let me do a quick hit because I didn't, I didn't talk about this game last time because y'all had already just talked about it. And I didn't want to double dip, but I did play Hitman 3 all the way through and I'm doing like all of the <laughs> escalations and everything else. And uh, I know Cam was, was, was pretty down on that game because of the story integration stuff and the sort of like focus on um, telling the story of Agent 47 and Diana and the constant and providence i think i know all the proper mm-hmm. nouns nailed it um yeah uh and and you know carl spoken like someone who just beat the game and was clearly paying attention to all its verbs i you know i actually i think that that story get wraps up pretty nicely i think the final mission is is like a fun like what if you built a turret sequence except you were the turret and you could walk through a fucking level and kill a <laughs> bunch of assholes it's great um uh it's fantastic uh, but the thing that I really, the thing that I that I did want to add to the conversation y'all had the other day is like I love the I love these levels. And I love going back to them for the kind of secondary and tertiary playthroughs when you're doing either other versions of the of the the sort of like story missions or other challenges in the level or going through, especially with the contracts and escalations. And I'm really excited for exclu- or for elusive targets because. Those play spaces, especially when untethered from the story space, stuff like places like Berlin, where when you go back into it and do just the mission by itself, when all the targets are already marked instead of being kind of like loose loose, and you have to identify them. I like that version of the level, but going in again afterwards, like they're just such good playgrounds and I'm so excited to see – the rest of that, as always, disclosure that that you know, friends of the table that I run also has Janine Hawkins who writes for for IO. So disclosure there, but like, boy, I actually these levels just fucking rip, and I'm super excited to like see how they they how people continue to make contracts within the community and how people continue to, and how the the studio itself like fills it with with additional challenges, fills them with additional challenges. Because I, I really love – it's like I think compared to Hitman 1 and 2, which both had some standout bad levels, I don't think there's anything here that I'm like – I mean, I guess the last level isn't what I want to like revisit particularly because it's so straightforward. But all of the other ones are the sort of like 
tiered playgrounds that I really love from that series. They all evoke my favorite, like Sapienza or Paris, um, Woodland Creek, like all of the stuff from, from a Haven in New York in the DLC for Pitman 2. I love all that stuff. And it feels like they knew how to build those levels and then took some big swings on like, what can we do with our verbs inside of spaces like this? And I've done that stuff. I'm excited to have done it. And now I'm excited to do the regular stuff as those expansions, you know, come out. Cam wrote a piece for us this week about like the Berlin level that has me Mm. just like wildly excited to play that (laughs) level where it's like just so unlike Hitman where you just show up and it's you don't even know your target is. It's just like so sick, dude. It's like I'm excited. As you as you like just to give you the the, the basic thing is like you're on the run at that point. And like, again, like it's hard to be like spoilers for Hitman, but like you don't mouse level. It's a cat and mouse level, and you're the mouse. It's a Tom and Jerry level, oh. and you're Jerry, right? And you're like, all right, how the <laughs> fuck do I beat all these cats? Um, and they're everywhere and nowhere, and it's hard to know. You have like some, you have some clues about who they are based on the interface, but they're not marked in red, and you have to just kind of like find ways to identify them, take them out, and not get seen by them, including at distance. There was a moment that I like climbed into a high place. And then a sniper bullet just like winged past me. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Ah, oh, fuck. The ICA is on to me. And it's so fun to be on the other side of that. But also it's good to be like, nah, motherfucker, I'm Agent 47. I am the hit. They call this game Hitman. I'm the Hitman. Uh, um, it's extremely good to play through that level. There's a ton of challenges in that level that I haven't done yet. I want to go back through it like six times because – there's so many targets and so many little interactable things, and it's the one level that doesn't do their, like, story mission or mission story conceit that marks, like, oh, follow this person and it'll lead to blah, blah, blah. Like, much more that Hitman 2016 version of just, like, that stuff is out there. Go find it. Um, so, yeah, I, I loved that game. I'm, I'm very happy to have kicked 20, 2021 off by uh, killing capitalism inside of uh, <laughs> inside of Hitman. Oh, you get to kill uh, capitalism? I like that. I mean, that whole series is like, you know, you don't have to, you know, Hitman is not a revolutionary. Let's do, let's wind back the yeah. clock and call me naive now. Um, but it's very much the like, you are going after the rich and powerful from game two forward, basically. I mean, you're always going after the rich and powerful because that's who's sending Hitmen after each other. But in Hitman 2 and 3, especially, you're explicitly dismantling this group called Providence, which is the sort of like money behind the money for the the kind of capitalist class of the world. Um, and uh, it's great. It's so good. The end of the, the final level of Hitman 2 before the DLC is like a secret party on an island off the coast of Europe somewhere that is also a kind of showcase for post-apocalyptic escape technologies, bunkers, mm. spaceships to, to bring you off-world, um, various other sorts of, like, conclaves and, and mm-hmm. you know, in, investment, uh, oper- re- you know, uh, uh, real estate opportunities for places that won't get flooded. Um, like, those are the motherfuckers you're killing. The people who are there shopping for billion-dollar, you know, underground mansions to avoid the the impending climate collapse. Um, and it's like, yeah, no, this feels good. I have no, I have no problem doing this mission. Those people should be um, killed. Those yeah. people, like, I, you know, I'm not going to talk this person into changing their <laughs> worldview. They are this worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me dispatch 47 and see what I can do. Let me see if I can <laughs> drop a tree on them or whatever and call it an accident. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Hitman continues to to rule. Um, they, who else is? Yeah, go ahead. Kato. I was just going to ask, have they 
what is the deal with PC carryover at right now for Dude, HTML1 and 2? I, I have 1 um, and 2 on PC, and I've been not playing 3 because I know that once you... Did you buy do- 3 on Epic? Yeah. Okay, then then you... And did you get, like, the Hitman 1? I So I think... <laughs> I don't they've said it will work that they will pull the two stuff through uh-huh. I don't know if it's happened yet okay um, okay I haven't missed anything like yeah last uh, they were saying they were working on something like the day a couple days before launch but it yeah seems so pretty... I ended up playing well here's what I can say uh-huh. is I played one on PC two on PS4 because mm-hmm. that's what they sent me for review you know two years ago three whatever that was and that means I'm fucked. I can't carry my PS my my Hitman one um, completion forward to Hitman three on PC because right. I didn't buy two on PC, right. which means it doesn't bring in stuff from Hitman one. It brings whatever you had from Hitman two, mm. so it's messy and like not. Yeah. It's it's this feels like in many ways Hitman. Okay, so Hitman three has exclusives with Epic. It's being sold, you know, on Epic mm. on Stadia. Is I think there's there was some Stadia relationship there somewhere. I don't uh-huh. remember what the special feature was. I don't know if it's a costume or what. Sure. There was some sort of Stadia conversation. I think maybe just it's on Stadia is a conversation with Google. Well, um, they, and they then, had the um the 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 save state share where like you could take a screenshot right. of where you were playing and then people could like just dry, like they could take that like QR code equivalent and just like start That's playing what it was. where you were at like hey solve this specific situation that I'm in in Hitman right now and you, people could do that into their which is cool game. that's a cool yeah, feature it's a, it's, that's yeah fun. if you're if you're gonna make cloud games you you know being able to do the do ultimate like phone is, a friend. Yes, like, yeah, totally. uh, I am stuck <laughs> in a bathroom. Uh, there the are four guards outside, and yeah. a lot of ammunition. I have, um, yeah, anyone yeah, so, got an idea how I can get out get out of here with just the fire fiber wire? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then and then the, the PlayStation they did the PSVR stuff, and it's like that's a lot of platform exclusive conversations, mm. and it feels like. You know, I th- that game made its 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 budget back overnight. You know, in a, in a week or whatever, and and you know that's a that's a success for them. But it feels like you take those deals when maybe you're in a precarious situation right. as a quote unquote independent studio that is 200 people big or whatever. Uh, maybe it's even bigger than that at this point. Um, that's like okay. So you know, I don't know. It, it seemed like a success. I'm excited for them to make Bond. Because this game is leaning in that direction heavily already. So we'll see. Um, what else are, are folks playing this week? I know I know some people uh, have continued trying to run countries in Suzerain. <laughs> How's That's that going? Fun. Edward, you're also playing that now, right? Yeah, I just started. I wasn't able to get as um, deep into it as I wanted. I fell asleep because uh, I was I watched uh, some uh, Attack on Titan. Uh, with my brother <laughs> and then uh that tired me out a bit but i started playing and it, it was fun it feels very it's like uh my favorite political sims are both like the really big grand strategy ones and then the really yeah. granular like uh, you have to sit here and listen to this advisor explain to you why why uh you why the gdp needs to you need to pay close attention to the gdp and also you have to you have to figure out which advisor you actually want to listen to because they all have personalities it's really good it's really really i felt like each advisor each character each decision mattered versus like i was just doing the motions of like building up in a chain to do some 
main decision or action, I guess. Yeah. Totally. Rob, how deep are you at this point? Um I am pretty pretty deep. Um I'm trying to stay ahead of the well well if it isn't my old friend the consequences of my own actions <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. that is kind of where I'm at um, I may have accidentally kind of thrown my support behind uh, the red brigades let's say uh, in the middle and while I felt that was morally the right thing to do, uh, it has turned into kind of a shooting war in the street between the fascists and the uh, communists. And like you neither do. side is really winning, <laughs> except I guess the country is probably losing. So maybe I How shouldn't How much have- is the rest of the continent looking at you and licking their lips like a cartoon wolf <laughs> ready to pounce? Oh, yeah. It's, it's totally that. Um, like you have – except the thing is – so something I like about this is I like I'm sure if I run it a few times I will see the more didactic like uh instructive side of it like here's here is its thesis about politics. Right now it's just kind of experiential but it is doing a good job um making me feel like it is being fair to the upsides and downsides of these decisions. Mm-hmm. Um like, for instance, the thing that kicked off this crisis is that early in the game at an inauguration dinner, um, the one communist member of the parliament, who is also like the National Poet Laureate, gets gunned down um, by like the youth uh, direct action wing of the Nationalist Party. And when you – like, that is not up for debate – and so what you get presented, and this is totally relevant to like our politics right now, they present you with options where it's like, you know what we need to do is a broad security crackdown across all of society. And the police need more resources and uh-huh. the intelligence agencies need more resources. And one of the other options that like I had was no, 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 no. It was the Nationalist Party that did this. Like, if anyone needs to be brought to heel, it's them. Like, we don't have – we do not have a security problem. We have a fascist problem. And then, like, even as you try to make that the party line, you're still trying to execute this through police forces that have their own agendas and are still, like, finding evidence against leftist groups. And, like, well, we found, you know, guns and bombs at a, uh, you know, Communist Party headquarters. And I'm like, but I didn't ask you, like, why one, I don't know if I believe with? you. And two, that's yeah. not, like, nothing got blown up. Like, why aren't you going after the the, the Nazis? Yeah. Why aren't the um, cops going after the fascists? <laughs> yeah. Why won't the right hand cut off the left? So, like, you, you have things like that where you can keep pushing it and being like, look, I did not give a shit. Look, go after the fucking nationalists. But at a certain point, the communists do start responding and being like, fuck it. We're just going to shoot this out. Mm. And like, so there's parts of the country where I'm like, oh, no, uh, that's not going well. Um, so I'm trying to put a lid on that. Uh, one of You do have neighbors who are kind of licking their chops both – from a couple different angles. You have expansionist neighbors. 
You also have neighbors who would really love to see your weakened government collapse so they can rush in and like continue the privatization project uh, that sure. preceded your rise. Sure. And so like IMF does- has a deal to make you, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll they'll give you some <laughs> uh quote unquote stability if only you allow their their partners in private industry to get the oil rights or what the fuck ever. Right. And and so like you do like everywhere you turn, you look at these choices, a lot of times there's the hey, this feels like the right thing to do, and I'm gonna stick to that. And maybe you will get some of the good effects, but the downsides are real and uh, are pretty disastrous in their own right. And so, like, it is a game that I think illustrates um, how little runway you will get to show results for your policies as the short-term costs begin to mount. And I think that's the... If there's a thesis to this game, it's that tragedy of, like, you are trying to build a more just and equitable society, but in the short-term pain of, like, trying to bridge that gap, uh, you can burn through so much of your political credibility and have so many enemies that you never get the time to be able to see the project through. Uh Um, And... You like you will just lose too many constituencies, both in terms of like people who are buttressing your power, but also just the, at the ballot box. Um, you know, you will see your party fall apart. You'll see people break away from you. And I really dig that. Um, it's it makes it a stressful game. It makes it kind of a sad game. Um, but I, I think a, a fair one in some ways. Totally. I'm excited to get to it. It's on my yeah, list. It really is. Maybe this week. I'm definitely going to try to um, sneak in a little bit of it at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick, yeah. we, we we got a Mario game, sort of, this week, hmm. right? No, it's no, it's not out for until uh, it's not, oh, is it this not? week. Is it? I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, what was the release date on that? Oh, February twelfth. It's next. It's like it's still yeah. Like, had, I, yeah. Damn. I've had it for, early, I had, a couple, huh? I had it for a couple weeks, so I've uh, uh, I like mentally forgot when it's coming out. But yeah. Um, I've had access to uh, Super Mario 3D World um, slash Bowser's Fury, which are separate. You load up that game; those are separate, like executables. I don't know if like we're doing it's EXEs not like a anymore. Section uh, on, yeah, uh-huh. um, but you like load it up, kind of like the the, the 3D All Stars collection from last year, and it's like on one side you can load up uh, 3D World, um, and on the other side you can load up Bowser's Fury um, because they're like really they're pretty different uh, games, like the. Long and short of uh, 3D World is it was a really tremendous overlooked, uh, like a more puzzle oriented, slower paced Mario platformer uh, for the Wii U that no one played. And it's one of my favorite 3D Marios. And like that is just confirmed. The only difference between playing it then and now is now when I play it, uh, I am forced to play Princess Peach uh, because my daughter looks at it and then she switches into one of her pink uh, uh, costumes and then pretends to be cat peach around the house uh while i uh play um this that sounds like an improvement to, the, to me that sounds good that's fine it is pretty good escalated to the point where i had to make lunch for me and my wife and she was like I, but i want you to keep playing the mario game and i was like well i can't do i can't do both she's like, but i want to be cat peach and i was like so i went and found a no commentary let's play of wow. Super Mario 3D world wow. put it on and she goes she goes who's wow. playing and i was like just i it's a video of someone playing i was like is this good enough and she was like yes and I was like, okay, so that just 
That just I, I've been like thinking about writing an article for a while about plays. the about the existence of no commentary let's plays and how yeah. at some point the industry is going to just like yank those off the internet because they don't make a they have, I think they have a lot of usefulness but I don't know if they make a lot of sense in terms of like the return on investment for uh, game publishers allowing that stuff but uh-huh. there would be my argument in that article is like look. My daughter really – I distracted her for 10 minutes while I, while I made that lunch. Um, <laughs> but the uh, – like the real uh, – uh, the real like – like the thing people should be really excited for if you already play 3D World is, is Bowser's Fury. And I'm a, I'm a little uh, constrained to what I can talk about. The short version I would say is it's fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> it is – it feels like a pretty natural uh, evolution. Like it feels like they've the, – the team – I think it's the same team that made 3D Land, 3D World, and then Super Mario Odyssey. I believe there's consistency Ooh. there. Um, and this feels like them mashing up um, Super Mario 3D World and Super Mario Odyssey. Um, like the kind of structure of it is you are dropped into uh, like this big kind of like water uh, kind of like ocean area. And there are different islands you can go to. But you as opposed to like in a Mario 64, like you jump, you know, you go to a painting and you're picking out which objective uh, to do. Um, and it's like, oh, when I go into the level, like this is what I'm going to do um, in and in like at a Super Mario Odyssey, the most recent one, there are just moons everywhere. Like you can collect like hundreds and hundreds of like tiny little objectives. And often you're just discovering what the objective was later where it's like you defeat uh-huh. this enemy, a moon pops out and it's like right. you beat the turtle. Um, and it's kind of like a retroactive <laughs> congratulations for like finding um, a secret or an objective in the level. Um, this is like kind of a mixture of the, the two of those where you will – uh, they're like kind of like gates that are like uh, on individual islands. And those gates, uh, when you walk through them, sort of signal like, hey, you've made it to an area. And like there are different things you can do here. There are like five hidden uh, like Mario coins. There are like specific objectives like, hey, like go fight this enemy or go solve this little puzzle. Um, but it just gives the player like unbelievable amounts of freedom. Like you can just at any any time just be doing a, like a dozen different things and it's like really exciting and the dynamic they have set up in Bowser's Fury um is that like you know the the premise is like I don't know Bowser has been taken over by you know some sort of infection or whatever and he's turned into this giant kaiju Bowser um and if you've seen the trailers like you know there are ways for Mario to turn into kaiju Mario <laughs> Ultraman I guess uh, Ultraman. and Shin Ultraman is actually uh, exactly Mario. yeah that, yeah. that teaser looked pretty good I'm excited for that movie yeah. um <laughs> And, uh, so what happens is like, you'll be running around this world and then it'll start raining. And when it starts raining, that means Bowser is like going to come and fuck some shit up. And so even if you aren't, you need to collect enough, uh, like I don't like you do enough objectives and you get a, you get a shine, you get like the equivalent of what you got in Super Mario Sunshine. There's also like mm-hmm. heavy, like, Hey motherfuckers, like Super oh, Mario Sunshine was a good yeah. game. We're going <laughs> to bring back some of that this, here. Right? Like I'm a, I'm a sunshine defender. Um, I don't go as far as Rikert, um, but I do really like (laughs) Sunshine a lot. And there's, there is some like Sunshine, like, like, uh, like trying to bring it back into the fold. Like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to convince you that was a good game, uh, going on here. Um, and so, uh, you're collecting these shines, which is completions, you know, the reward for the objectives you're, you're completing. And then you can, you know, turn into Kaiju Mario. But like, there are times where 
you haven't collected enough of those. And so when Bowser shows up, you can either hide and he will go away a little bit later, but they've also given you things to do, which is like, you can try and finish that objective you were doing, but now there's like, it's raining hellfire. They're like the, 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 the actual geometry of the world changes. You do have Godzilla basically shooting fire at you while you're trying to like navigate some platforms or collect these blue coins. Um, but then there are also scattered throughout the world. There are like blocks that are Bowser blocks and those can only be destroyed by Bowser, like hitting them with fire so like a lot of what i end up doing is like okay uh i was doing this one objective but now i don't have to now i can't do it because he's gonna bowser's gonna fuck with my shit i'm gonna go run over to this island and there's basically there's a character in 3d uh, uh world that is i don't know like a almost like a a, a rideable yoshi that can take you through water sequences mm. and that's like your fast travel like he is always there the moment you look at the water the game has spawned in this character is like i know what you want you want to jump on this on this guy and go fast and it's like <laughs> yes i do and so it's like you keep like a mental map and the game does have an actual map you can pull up a map that like marks cool. It has, uh, you can't mark it yourself, but it has uh, objectives kind of nicely marked for you. Um, and it's like, oh, I remember over here, there are Bowser blocks. I'm going to shoot over there, like get that shine for uh, eliminating those Bowser blocks. And I think it's going to prove slightly uh, a controversial design decision because there are definitely sequences where, hey, I'm like three-fourths through doing this objective. And now the game's like, but what if you didn't do it anymore? <laughs> and then had to start from scratch. Every objective is like finishable in like, a couple of minutes so it's never it's never a, a real I'm substantial not like setback 20 minutes of no progress no no or there's nothing nothing uh like that and uh so i imagine that's going to annoy some folks but i have found it's i don't know I, I haven't found it to be a big hindrance but i do expect that to be something that people will maybe get annoyed by if you're getting wrapped up in an objective um that you're you're trying to finish but um i can't you know unfortunately i can't speak to like many of the specifics of like the what like the really cool design and puzzles and sort of like things that they've put in here, but suffice to say, it's excellent. This team that's been making these Mario games for, you know, 10 years now is like just really creative and smart and interesting. And what I liked Odyssey a lot, but one of my criticisms was it was that there were just too many moons. Like I would have, I wanted like a more focused approach. Like I beat that game and then there were still like 500 things to collect. And I was like, that's just, that's too much. It's it's too, and also not all of them I found to be like satisfying. It was more of a, it was more of a completionist thing than it was like each one of these is going to be satisfying to find. And, um, I can't get into like the length and of like what it's, you know, what, what is in Bowser's Fury, but I have found all of them to be satisfying. And it does have that same element of Odyssey where it's like, uh, you can just go down all these different rabbit holes and you're always you're always rewarded for being curious. And I really like the open world setup. And if Bowser's Fury is just them like releasing a demo basically for whatever Odyssey 2 is going to be. And if like that's their setup for what they're going to do in the future is like bigger open spaces where you can kind of choose your path and like what you're interested in doing. That's like super exciting. Um, I guess the last note on it would be, it also is like really showing the limitations of this hardware. Like it's really mm. bumping up against what, um, even clearly like Nintendo wants to do like the art, they always find a way to have their art meet their hardware limitations where you don't feel like you're playing a game that is like, you know, uh, kind of like bucking up against that. But this game I'm playing docked and I can see like the resolution going all over the place. Like, you know, seeing jagged edges, like constantly, like frame rate drops when Bowser like appears. So you can almost feel like Nintendo being like, Hey, we've got like a pro version of this, like a solid Let me in. 4k give me the, give me, give 60 me frames a, a second. Pro. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I am like, I have no informed speculation on Nintendo, but like just playing <laughs> Bowser's fury makes me like convinced that, 
we're on the cusp of like them doing a hardware transition because this game like scream is like screaming like it's fine like it is you, you could play it uh the resolution jumps are like lesser in, in handheld mode but you also are getting the sacrifice of a full 60 to 30 frames per second so it's like a not a you know, insubstantial jumps. So like it, right. you play this game and it's like, okay, like that pro that, that March 31st Jeez. date that they keep obsessing with feels like increasingly, like we're just waiting for um, them to drop new, new hardware. So yeah, I'll have more to say. on like the real specifics of what I think makes it um, special. But uh, if you, if you were interested uh, or curious, if you had played 3d world and didn't want to play it again, like I think Bowser's fury alone is going to be a reason to be excited for, for this. Um, the actual new release that you've put some time into, at least some time, I think, is medi- the medium, the medium by the medium, Team. yeah, bloopers, uh, horror game. They're um kind of throwback to Silent Hill, Resident Evil, like straight, you know, straight up, uh, fixed third camera person. angles. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Right, uh, not, you know, not behind the back third person, but yeah. No, you angles. don't. You you don't control shit. Um, you know, you're at the mercy <laughs> of the, the the cameras they've set up, which is fine. Like it's it, it's okay. Uh, blooper is. I'm glad they exist. That I'm glad they're trying different things. I have not. Uh, I think Observer is like the creative high point, um, and they put out a next gen version of that um, for launch, uh, I th- at least on Xbox. I don't know if it's on on, on PlayStation or not. It probably is. Um, but if you're like, I don't know, if you want to play, if you saw the medium, and you're like, I want to play a blooper game. Like, I go play Observer. Like, that's the the better, the best that I think they've put out. Uh, the medium is like interesting, but. It is the, I think it's on Game Pass. Um, it is the quintessential, I made this argument with Tell Me Why and like uh, uh, kind of don't nods output in general. It's like, it's fine. Like the medium is like a totally, like there's nothing wrong with spending eight hours playing this game, but I don't know that I would go out of my way. Like I'm not going to regret having played it, but I don't know that I'd like, I'd walk to walk to the medium. Don't run. Like right. you're good. It's like a Netflix um, original dropping that's like not particularly interesting, but it's a way to spend a night. Yeah, it's like what Netflix needs to like exist is like in between the big was it like Bridgerton was not like the most recent yeah, one like big. people have been uh, yeah. really liked like in between those is like yeah. you know like Crime starts Docs. really good. I really love the beginning of Bridgerton. I really don't like where it I, goes. I, it's, it's fine. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've heard. It's it's been on my list. But I mean, I mean, like in between their spikes, their Stranger Things, their Queen's Gambit, you need right, right, right. content churn, and like that's what you know Microsoft's going to need to figure out with Game Pass going forward and. The medium is just like is a is a totally fine one of those. You will you will play it. You'll be kind of annoyed. You'll be kind of you'll kind of enjoy it. And especially if you like old school Resident Evil, Silent Hill, um, this will scratch a certain uh, itch um, that is is you know eh, it's fine. Like I I'll probably finish it, but I don't know that I'm like overly excited to get to it. It's it's a uh, it's an okay one of one of those, but there isn't that many one of those, and so I think that's what. Uh, makes it at least stand out in that regard. And I'm glad Blooper keeps trying different things. It's it's a really different approach than Blair Witch or Observer or um, Layers of Fear. Like, they kind of stick within their horror genre, but I, I at least like that they're trying different things. So Totally. Edward, you have a cat that has jumped, has demanded attention. <laughs> yeah. It's more important than any video game. It's better I heard than about those fixed game. camera angles. I was like, yeah. hey. I have some thoughts about the medium. <laughs> And the split right. screen effects it uses. <laughs> they've been they've been uh, lurking at the edges and like pawing <laughs> at me to pay attention to them. And Gobi gave up, but Anansi will never give up. <laughs> wow, amazing! Real gamer, We're true gamers only. <laughs> yeah. Hold, um, you need to hold your position, right? <laughs> diamond hands, uh, diamond paws, diamond paws, diamond claws. That's my, that's my name diamond on Wall claws, Street bets. Yeah. Oops. 
um well when unless anyone else really wants to go deep on something i feel like we could we've we've done an episode we've done a we've talked through the important stuff here we have other conversations we could have but but i I don't want to take you away from that cat so (laughs) wait awesome Uh, i have a a question am i am i gonna have to seek out a a separate spoiler partner it feels like you've left feel like you've quietly left 13 sentinels behind i'm about to reach the the climb i'm at i'm at the end of that game ask me on friday all right. Okay. Ask me on Friday. Not, no pre- you know, I can find. No, I know. I can it's find just, other friends. Other you know how friends, it is. but I, I gotta make, I gotta make good on that. I do need to talk to someone about that Listen, game. I, wrote, so I just need to. I had to write. I wrote thirty five hundred words of world building for the next Friends of the Table episode okay. last night. So that's right. where my head is in terms mm-hmm. of words. I gotta write them and not read them. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I wrote those words, so they're not in my head anymore. So now maybe I have some time to put some new words in there. So we'll see. Ask okay. me on Friday. In a world where a little traded, <laughs> undervalued equity in a dying right. company <laughs> caused right. the collapse Finally. of the global financial system. <laughs> Friends of the Table fans have been clamoring to learn about season seven. It's just what, what if Wall Street bets, but there were wizards. <laughs> It's bad. There's it's a robot bad. trader <laughs> somewhere in here too. An yeah, algorithm, yeah. maybe. Yeah, there you go. Uh huh. I can do it. Um, I can figure that out. Shit. Risky standards Someone definitely how you would describe some sort of investment, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. On that note, thank you as always uh, to everyone for joining us, Edward. Thank you so much for coming through. Uh, where can people find on. you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Big Black Jacobin on Twitter, and you can find all my work. Let's at, go. Um, Vice. <laughs> over at motherboard <laughs> <laughs> yes your your work on motherboard over the last i mean your work on motherboard generally is always very good i look forward to everything you write uh but you've done a great job uh con- covering all the the madness all the gamestop madness so as always you can find me on twitter at austin underscore walker you can find everything we do twitter.com slash waypoint waypoint.advice.com rob where can people find you at rob zachme patrick uh, at Patrick Club, like, where I'll be watching Edward. I just wanted to make this publicly known. Like, I'm always admired. Like, I know when I'm gonna click on at least half your tweets, it's like, it's like, oh, this one has 18,000 likes, 22,000. <laughs> like, you just have a remarkable ability to write viral <laughs> tweets. Like, I've, I like, see this frequently with Austin, but like, you're on like a completely no, different yeah, stage. Edward. Like, just like so much. Like, I'm, I, I, I cackle. Like, so I, will, high. I will guess it to myself. I'm like, all right, this one, this looks like a pretty good one. Like, I think this one's going to be at 7,000 or at 9,000. Like, oh, very, very good. Very, very good. It's, it's a skill. It's, it's a legitimately a skill. And you Thank just, you. you just have a way that if you, it, it's just if you want to see the ability to craft a tweet that, that soars on social media, please please give him hey, a black follow. Jacobin. You already know what it is. Cotto, how about you? I'm at a underscore Cotto underscore appears. Also, you're buried under Bloodborne board games is where you are, from what I saw. <laughs> yeah. On Twitter. Not as bad as so. Natalie. Jesus. No, Natalie. Christ. People should please people go to Natalie's Twitter and Natalie Watson's oh, Twitter and uh, so much not game. open any of don't open any of the boxes. Save that for post-COVID. A stream. Yes. We'll open them together. We'll all, like, yeah. just don't even break the. Pla- I don't know if they're plastic steel. Like, just don't even open them. Just like, we'll, we'll just, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Cato and, and Natalie open Bloodborne yeah. boxes stream. Yeah. We're not gonna play the game. We're just, We're gonna, just gonna talk boxes, about the figures the and the boxes yeah. and uh-huh. look at the direction. In like a year well, and a half, it'll we'll definitely be an E three. We'll go to <laughs> L A. We'll invite Natalie uh, over a, to where we're staying. <laughs> that is such a horrifyingly robust uh, YouTube genre. Of just oh, like, yeah. oh, the game? What, what do you mean? No, we're just gonna look at the packaging. Yeah, no, we gotta pop all these little we'll drop first. trays. Doesn't it just sound good to to take the plastic wrap off of things? Mm. Just, just listen mm. as I unbox this. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, <laughs> that new box the dream. smell. I got to quit podcasts and get into fucking YouTube videos. That's where the <laughs> actually these days it's like the the real viral stars are like TikTok POV role players. Yo, my I got like TikTok <laughs> POV. I'm gonna explain the rules of a boring game to you, but I'm gonna look real hot doing it. Every time I do like an interview or a podcast episode, my mom's like, "When are you gonna do YouTube?" <laughs> you need to go over to YouTube. You just <laughs> make hey, it <laughs> related. My mom, my mom. The other day, I had to call my mom and be like, "Yeah, mom, I got sick," and she, I was like, "I have bad news." And she was like, um, "Oh, is the bad news that wait is that waypoint is over?" And I was like, "No, what? What are you talking about?" And she's like, "Well, you all haven't put the podcast up on the YouTube since the new year started, so I thought oh. maybe it secretly ended." And I was like, "Mom, no, we found that user." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I said. I said, Bob, are you like? I didn't know you were listening to the podcast on the YouTube. Who does that? Uh, and the answer is, you do be a my thousand mom. people my mom does. listen to that every week. It's basically YouTube. a thousand people. Yeah. A thousand people are like, I'm on YouTube. That's where I listen to shit. Yeah, that's not nothing. No, you know, that's no, that's it's... not nothing. Um, but no, I guess I guess that's not happening anymore. Though I well, guess the oral history of Guitar Hero went up. We're getting them back up. There was a okay. there's a change in workflow that we're working out, but we'll love get, to go from one year to another year and have things change. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Um. So cool. Those awesome. will, those well, will all be up, including the holiday ones I'm working with uh, the video team. Mom, if you hear this a month from now, that means that Kato got the the <laughs> podcast back up on YouTube. Um, oh man! All right. She cra- go crashing in the GameStop. Stop. No, she, won't. she, won't. she knows better. She's, oh, she's, shit. She's not, that ain't her. I'm going to go on a heater. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love. Sorry. The yesterday, David Lynch announced. Did you see this? David Lynch announced that he was going to make a big announcement today. Huh. And the big announcement was that he was going to stop doing his daily weather reports. No. <laughs> and then fans were like, no, you can't. And so he's going to continue doing yes. that. I, I really enjoy, I really uh, enjoyed, like he clearly, you know, is clearly making another show, but it's just, we're just re- doing a very good job of fucking with people on the road yes. too, whenever that get announced. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, the, the tweet that I saw that made me laugh was, um, David Lynch's announcement tomorrow is either going to be Twin Peaks season four or that he's befriended a feral hog that is now his creative <laughs> consultant. There is no in between. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, all right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, as always, to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B O E N. You can send your questions in to gaming at vice.com. We'll need to make some time for some questions soon. Also, going for the for how long is this going to happen, Kado? How many weeks do we know? Uh, uh, let me double check, but I believe the next... That starts this week. The next right? four, four or five, if, if I can count. Yes, it does start this week. So this week, starting going forward, every Friday episode will be replaced by a pair of... Okay. Panel inter- pa- panel discussions that will be the full panel discussions from whatever episodes of uh Reset, the the Vice video game uh TV series that multiple of us debuts have- on TV on Vice TV this week on Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday 10 And then 10 also 10, if you're hearing this 
in the right window. Okay, if you're hearing this and you're in the U.S., you can watch two episodes of Reset by going to our to Waypoint's YouTube channel and Vice's YouTube channel. There's one on each. Yeah. Um, and then if you're not in the U.S. but hearing this like immediately this week, you can go to our Twitch and watch one of them regardless of yeah. where you are in the world because it's not region locked. Yeah. We do not control region locking. No one who made the show controls region <laughs> locking. Everyone who made the show wants the entire world to see the show. That's why we made it. Um, <laughs> the people who finance the show. Ah, yes. Sign deals with with various TV networks. Not not just it is not just a like a, a weird like I hate France decision. <laughs> um, it is it is a we signed a deal with a French you know or European TV network mm-hmm. that says they get exclusivity for these for X long X many months or years. I don't even know the deal, uh, but that's why that stuff gets region locked on YouTube. It sucks. But honestly, the um, the, the the Twitch vod will be up until March seventh. So you got you got some time. You got oh March seventh. That's yeah, plenty yeah. of time. Mm-hmm. Great, go watch it there. Um, that stuff is great. Uh, I'm really proud of that stuff. You know, obviously we were we were kind of in consultancy roles more than main production. I I, I was kind of hands on on most of the episodes, not all of them, uh, but but you know a lot of them. Um, and that was really good. And and did my best to connect uh, connect the crew to smart folks and give advice where I could give advice. And uh, it was fun to get everyone involved. Everyone everyone on Waypoint was involved in at least you know one of those episodes in some way. Uh, and everyone did a great job, so I'm excited for people to see them. Um, so yeah, those the the longer conversations at the end of each one of those episodes, there is a panel, and for the TV release, especially the terrestrial like uh, American TV release, those panels are like three or four minutes. In Europe, where you get like a full thirty minute slot, they'll be ten minutes long. But just for you, when these episodes drop, we're releasing the full panels yeah. uh, for the two episodes each week. So that's like a hearty conversation, yes. a hearty, a hearty Friday pod. So look forward to those. Uh, I hope I hope you enjoy them. Um, also, I have an admission to make. That tweet I read about uh, David Lynch and the and the feral hog. Mm. That was someone stealing a tweet from someone who originally made it who said a befriended a feral cat. So mm-hmm. shout outs to the original tweeter and not the copy hog. Wow. The original tweeter. Well, yeah. that's, just a, that's just a good phrase. The original, the original tweeter. Tweet. The original tweeter. All right, that's going to do it for us. As always, you already know what it is. Fuck capitalism. Uh-huh. If you couldn't tell that from the first half of this <laughs> podcast, I'll say it again. Fuck capitalism. Go home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
All right. Edward, thank you so much for coming through, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. We had a lot of fun. This was really great. Always. Please take care of your your very good cats. They're adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I gotta trim their nails. mm, Yeah. (laughs) Have good luck. (laughs) Do scratch pads wear down those little claws? I don't know because I'm not feeling a difference. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those little kitten claws. How old are they? Uh, they turn four months uh, next. Okay, week, no, I... you got a problem though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're gonna get at One you. Hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do I just put them, hang them up on one of those things, and then trim slowly from there? <laughs> you, you you just hang your cat on the scratching wall, uh, take it off, <laughs> and it's done. I saw this like thing where someone had a pouch to hang them from and the, and they held and they put it in the wall because like when I tried to oh hold my them, god what <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the most relaxing thing on earth honestly just kind of being like in a little weird little pouch. Pouch. yeah oh just yeah. like a little little hammock basket for yeah. you oh yeah. I'm down need to get All right. uh so Kyle you just want to talk Edward through getting the file to you and- yeah yeah uh, let me. Cool. I'll make a file for a folder in there for everyone else. Yeah, radio. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. All right. Awesome. All right. Later, gang. Bye, y'all. Bye, bye, bye. Um, this should be pretty easy though. You can just uh drop it into like a into the vice into your vice Google Drive and just send me a link, and that should be the easiest, I think. All right, perfect. Awesome. Sounds good. I'll do that right now. Great. Thanks a lot. Oh, hello. Of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> He's like, what are you what have you been looking at this whole time? What is this? Oh my god, my cat my cat now starts to like take a nap when we're watching TV. She like gets in front of the TV. He's like, Why are you looking at this thing? Look at me. <laughs> oh great. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya. Of course. See ya.